Welcome back, everyone, to the Worship Project podcast. Excited again to be here. This is episode five. We're getting on it. Yeah, we're getting through it. Um, today in conversation, we have Derek Tam, uh, Joshua Rambaju, Nikki Fletcher, and I'm Adam Hoskins. And together we make up the podcast panel for the Worship Project. I just made that up. The hey. podcast, that sounds good. Come on. Here we go. We're going to have t-shirts or something like that. Yeah. Uh, just before we begin, big thanks to the City Church for hosting us here in Mississauga. They've got such an awesome space. If you're in uh, the Mississauga area and you're looking for an awesome church to check out on Sunday morning and to be a part of a great family of believers, the City Church is here at 2700 Argentina Road. And uh, we'll link more about their information down in the description. But today we're talking about comfort versus comfort. And uh, the two kinds of comfort that we see in Christendom today. Now, I want, we just want to make a distinction before we start to dig in. Uh, that the comfort that we're specifically talking about uh, right now is a negative type of comfort. It's a comfort that more associates with apathy uh, and complacency. Um, and we're not so much, I mean, we may make reference to it, uh, but this is not the kind of comfort that is associated with God's rest. When we think of Holy Spirit, the comforter. We're not associating this kind. We're not talking negatively of the yep. Holy Spirit being the comforter. Let's just get this out. Okay, all right now. People are going to be like, in the comments, how dare you call my God the... You know? We'll just get that out there for now. Um, but, man, there's a... Negative comfort has creeped into our churches, into our congregations, on our platforms, and in our uh, services um, in ways that... Uh, Maybe some of us can understand and see. Maybe some of, it, some of it is a little more shrouded in behind the scenes. Guys, what are some things that some leaders, maybe pastors, specifically worship leaders, mm. uh, have maybe said that allude to uh, this, I guess, this negative comfort? What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, I said it all the time. So uh, leading congregations, uh, that kind of, not a tagline, but if you feel comfortable, mm. fill in the blank. Yeah, 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 if yeah. you feel comfortable, let's sing this next song. Or if you feel comfortable, raise your hands. Or if you feel comfortable, mm. fill in the blank. And I was really, like, the Holy Spirit just really struck me uh, about that the yeah. other day. That, wait, what? Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. Why am I saying that? Do I really believe that? And what am I really leading people into? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Josh, what do you think? What, do you, what are some things that... I've heard uh, <laughs> you don't have to sing along, but just listen to the words. And mm. I think there's, there's a double-edged sword to that one. But I think in the context of corporate worship, if we're doing this together then we're doing this together. And I think yeah. this almost like you can step back and, and just watch for a second. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think of this as a journey that we're on together. So, you know, even if you don't know the tune, you're coming with me out of key or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think about um, uh, maybe some of us on teams who when we've described our worship services and we say, wow, why do you love and enjoy this? And we say things like, because it feels good. And I think that that is a byproduct of, of the, the craft and the art that we get to partake in. Um, but I think that actually alludes to some deeper issues of maybe comfort creeping in mm -hmm. uh, in a negative way. Derek, you've, you've, you've led everywhere. 
Where have you <laughs> heard <I>? some of this? <laughs> where have you where have you heard some of this stuff? I've heard all that stuff, and I like 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 Nikki yeah. said, I probably I probably said all of it, if not worse, from when I was a young worship leader, and and maybe maybe naive in a lot of sense too. But I think it comes like I understand where it comes from. I think sure. now, and it doesn't come from a bad place, you know. But because it comes from in the end. Um, maybe it does come from uh, uh, wanting to care for others or um, being sensitive to others, yeah. but sometimes maybe overly sensitive, making sure we want to be inclusive. And they're all good things. Like we talked about before, um, you know, it, whether it's, you know, opening, welcoming our doors and being hospitable to people. You mm. want church to be a place where everyone can feel like they belong and yeah. they don't have to put on a mask. They can just... Um, well, now, now, yeah, that's gonna be like, 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 no, you gotta put it on. We're not, we're not talking about those masks. <laughs> Don't give us any comments about right, that. Right, yeah. right. If you're watching <laughs> this in 2020, we have to wear masks right now. It's not for a minute. That was not planned. Um, but they don't have to, you know, come pretending there's somebody they're not, those kind of masks. Uh, yeah. Um, but I think it goes back to really, like, what is our role? as a worship leader, mm. you know, like what is our job when we're up there? Um, are we there to make people feel good? Mm -hmm. You know, are we there simply to get people to, you know, sing or not sing or enjoy the music? Um, do what yeah. they've always done. Yes, oh, or, yeah, just, just do the same thing we've always done. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, in the end, like in, on this topic, are we there to make people feel, feel comfortable, Yeah. right? I think there's a very di big difference with like, um, allowing people to feel like they belong in this family of God, mm -hmm. but also as a worship leader, how are we leading people out of where they are at, whether it's brokenness or pain or right. just, uh, you know, not knowing Jesus to a place, the next step that God wants to take them on in this journey of, of knowing God. Like how are we leading people out of their point A to this point B? Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And I think it's, it's important that we maybe outline a little bit of the bend that we come from philosophically when we talk about ministry. I think that it's safe to say around this table, we believe that the role of a worship leader um, is in a sense, a shepherding, pseudo-pastoring role mm -hmm. that we don't believe that people are just there to sing a song um, and that if you have a good voice, you qualify. So just sing the song and the spirit of God will do the rest. But we believe that the Lord partners with the worship leader and the team uh, to do his will and to do and to work within a service. So it's safe to say, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think we need to establish that because there's some people that might le leverage a philosophical argument to say, well, you actually believe that, you know, like intrinsically, I don't agree with you because you believe that the ro role of a worship leader is like this. So I just want to establish that this is where we're coming from yeah. in terms of there is a leadership aspect to, to what we're doing. It's not, we're not just passively getting up there. Like, you know, what we say before Christian karaoke, this isn't, it's not Christian karaoke. There is active, active partnership with Holy Spirit and the Lord in our services and stuff. But let's talk about the role of a leader and, and what, and you know, what, how does, how does, how does a leader dictate culture? How does a leader, you know, um, uh, bring about theology, all these kinds of things. Nikki, talk to us about the role of a leader in this. Yeah, I think that, it's having the courage to go first. And uh, again, in our culture, that might be like, oh, pick me, I wanna go first. 
but actually when we're talking about transformation and discipleship, uh, we go to the cross first, <laughs> we go through death first. We're the first ones to lay down, we're the first ones to surrender, we're the first ones to do the thing that's gonna make us look foolish maybe to everybody else yeah. and to have the courage to go there to open up some space mm. and some vulnerability to be able to then offer a hand to somebody yeah. else, a group of people and say, come with me, we're gonna go together. Mm. So even, even in a worship service, uh, our worship as a part of our discipleship, as a part of our transformation, individually and corporately, we go through that process together mm -hmm. when we're in a service. And so even if we're talking about leading people into the comfort and the rest of the Holy Spirit, that requires a lot of surrender. Mm -hmm. That requires a lot of vulnerability, a lot of letting go, a lot of yeah. allowing God to see you for who you really are. And so we have to lead people into those vulnerable places, or if it's leading them out of the status quo, what they're always used to doing, mm -hmm. going there. And then also, if nobody wants to come with you the first time, to, to continue to, to go, yeah. to continue yeah. to move along. Yeah. Yeah. And when you you think about over time, uh, relationship is built. And I think that's, I mean, I believe, we all believe so much obviously yeah. in local ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. to be a guest somewhere is a, a, a whole other thing, mm -hmm. but yeah. in your yeah. own local context, yeah. when people develop a relationship with you, that you have some, hopefully some credibility in your life mm -hmm. and your leadership mm -hmm. that, uh, you're able to lead people into deeper places because you yourself in right. your own life and leadership are, have, have gone there, are, are going there. And, and trust is being yeah. built over yeah. time, yeah. right? And actually on that same kind of note, like I have the story of when, when, when I was a young worship leader too, I failed to really recognize that, um, that I had this platform to actually teach people consistently yeah. about worship and mm -hmm. this, journey of life with yeah. God you know before it's just it is about it was about singing singing yeah. these songs how well I could do it and maybe the better I sing the better people will engage mm -hmm. or right. the the tighter the band is the more people will be satisfied you know and that's yeah. like man caring about people's satisfaction nobody's ever going to be fully satisfied <laughs> in the reality with, with with what I'm doing you know it's not come from my yeah, voice we all have stories. or any of that <laughs> yes right but it was once you recognize that and you recognize like man everyone's when i led worship like i i realized i had to lead out of a place of of compassion mm. not of leading people out of into into comfort but knowing man everyone that walks into these doors are in a very different place. Some are going through things in their marriage. Some are just broken, like maybe emotionally or mentally. And some people are maybe in a place of celebration, completely polar, but they're all coming in. And what is yeah. our sole yeah. purpose of yeah. us as worship leaders? How do we get what in whatever place these guys are in to fix their eyes yeah. on, on Christ and on yeah. Jesus, mm -hmm. right? And, um, and obviously it takes so much time, but you said over time as trust, relationship in your local community is being built, um, you get this wonderful platform of, of teaching, teaching about, you know, expressing worship, teaching people yeah. about who Jesus is, like while we're singing and leading these songs. Yeah, and I, and I feel like, like just before I, I, I talk to you, Josh, I, I feel like we need to understand that like, where else are people going to learn mm. to worship the Lord? Like, think about all the places that people are going to take cues from in society. In society, yeah. Where are they going to learn to worship the Lord? And so I, I don't think maybe... Sometimes when we get into the church context, we think that people are already baked. Mm. 
Like it's right. like you like oh you know what to do. I've yeah. said that before. Yeah. I've gotten up on a mic you and I've gone yo you know what to do. Strum a chord. <laughs> you know what I mean? Take it from here. And then I think about it after. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think about it after. I'm like you idiot Adam. What? <laughs> what do you mean? Like there's a there's a ton oh, of people so who true. don't know what to do. Yeah. They're like what are we supposed that? to do? I don't. Know and they're sitting there watching like uh, he's, he's cool I guess. You know? Yeah. I don't know. But like well, you know, I think about the opportunity, right, and the role of the leader, being a shepherd, being someone who leads and who guides. And maybe you're not the the, the lead pastor of a church, but they're still taking cues from you. That's they're fair. still learning theology from you. Yeah. You know, they're still watching how you engage in a corporate setting and all these things. They are like you know, our congregation are compiling of like this. Oh, this is actually how I worship the Lord. So it's important that we go places that we've never gone before. We're going to talk a little about more of that later, but Josh, I, I want to hear from you, like maybe some of the role of a leader in all of this, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And with both of what you're saying, Nikki and Derek, I, I think of Moses. I really do, because you know, you have this this guy who's been called and commissioned by God, and he's gone through his own journey of like, no, oh, maybe it isn't me, and God's like, yes, it is you, and. Now they're out of Egypt and, and he's leading this ungrateful group of people behind him. Not that our congregations are ungrateful, just making that clear. <laughs> <laughs> they said it, not me. <laughs> but he's leading this ungrateful group of people and every time there's a roadblock and an opportunity for growth, they just look back at where they came from and they yeah. said, you brought us out here to die and they choose the comfort of slavery, mm, Yeah. right? And Moses, there's so many instances of those opportunities for growth where he prefaces it by saying like, you're gonna see the faithfulness of God and God provides and they move forward and they grow. <laughs> but it takes that uncomfortability and that willingness to be uncomfortable yeah. in order to grow. And that's, I think, the, the true hallmark of a, of a leader, especially a worship leader is, like you said, it, it may not work the first time, it may not work the second time, you may not have people with you the third time, but the faithfulness of stewarding what God has called you to do in the difficult times and pushing through that because mm. you are taking your congregation with you. You're taking them, as Derek said, from point A to point B, yeah. not just sitting in a place of comfort, looking back at what could have been. Yeah, yeah. So how, how do we move people forward, right? Like how, how do we fight against yeah. a culture of negative comfort uh, within, within our services um, and our community? Derek, talk to us about you know, what are some things that maybe you see that we can do as leaders to help, to help against that? Well, first, honestly, I think it starts with, you know, top-down leadership, you know, mm -hmm. like leaders having discussions among themselves, like, you know, what do we really want to see happen yeah. in our churches? Like, is it really transformation? Like, are we really providing, are we simply providing, you know, like, is our vision for Sunday, Sunday worship together, like, simply to put on this show are we here to see yeah. lives transformed and how do we how are we doing that you know are we wanting to actually get people out of because if there's no desire or vision to do that it's not gonna it's not really gonna happen right yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. you know um, yeah. and even if we as worship leaders try to do it ourselves we've all experienced it probably you know where there's maybe backlash from other leaders or like senior leadership saying like you know like we want to go differently or whatever and I think there's an importance to be on the same page together with with the people we are working with in our teams and yeah. and uh, our colleagues and 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 you know pastors at our church right mm -hmm. um yeah i think that that's something that i think um is, is important for us to steward 
change and, and being out of complacency. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing as a worship leader, going back to our role, is um, starting with ourselves, right? Mm. Recognizing this platform and authority that God has given each and every one of us that many of us probably fail to see. It took me, and honestly, it took me years to even recognize that, right? That, like, I don't need to be this, like, like timid me up there that is pretending to be a Joel Houston, right? I could be the person, that, then the, the leader that God has wants me to be. Um, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. You don't have to chase, it's not about chasing perfection. It's about chasing authentic me who desires to see people grow in my church, yeah. right? And how am I gonna get there first? Mm-hmm. And as I continue to get there on my own, I can lead people, the other people there, right? Because I really believe that complacent people will lead people into complacency. Right? But people who are constantly seeking God and moving forward will move other people forward because you want to take others where you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think it starts with you and your team yeah. and people who are working with you and also like really working on yourself. Yeah. 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 yeah I think too, um, back on that authority piece that you were saying, to know as a leader, um, you know, if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, you should figure that out because that will be really an important Figure it out. That's probably a good idea. Just go figure it out. No, well, I don't know. We'll I'm put still a figuring it out. Link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All part of the growth. But so, for example, like for me, teaching and discernment are yeah. and prophecy are sort of my, my sweet spot. So that's how I'm going to lead. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. And so even when I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and we're in that service, then you know if we need to to discern this and we're going to lean into this and prophetically speak this over a church that's what we're going to do because that's the kind of leader that I am and that's how I'm going to lead the people mm-hmm. that I'm leading yeah. versus somebody else who will have different skills and different mm-hmm. gifts uh, Moses had very particular skill set that was different than a lot of other leaders. Saul had different skills and yeah. gifts than David did. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. again going back to who we are yeah. So to, to lead people into those places out of how, how you would lead. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's cool. That's yeah. and you're onto something because I have the spiritual gift I'm discovering of leadership. Hey. Right. And so on this journey of discovering, I realized that this is actually a guaranteed place of encounter of the Holy Spirit in my life that I am able to see the big picture of things. I just automatically I miss a ton of details. A ton of details, but I'm able to see the big picture of things. And so when I'm leading a congregation, right, like I'm thinking about 52 Sundays in a year, not just this moment, but I'm like, what about the trajectory of where we're going? And it's cool because this is where our gifts really work together to complement and to build up. You talk about the full counsel of God, right? You talk about like the edification and the full, like the full discipleship of God's people and the kingdom of God. Right? Like, like, this is actually how it happens is that, like, you and I, we don't lead the same. We don't lead the same, but it's supposed to be like that. Right. You know, and that's exactly how it's, um, it's supposed to be. And I, I think about um, uh, the, uh, the aspect of, of the apologetic tone in worship and how, um, I mean, we're Canadian, right? All of us here are Canadian citizens. And one beautiful thing about Canada is that we're so nice to each other. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I, mean, I feel like depending where you're from, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. like... <laughs> 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 that 
is true. Whenever you go somewhere around the world, you want to have a yeah. Canadian backpack. Oh, People yeah. have an image of you <laughs> being really, really nice. Yeah, I, I guess you. I feel like I want to chop up some, some of these things and just be like, <laughs> these are my reactions to things. This Nick is like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> When you grew up in Toronto, I feel like you have a mixed bag of true. experiences. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Most, yeah. One of the most multicultural cities yeah, in the world. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. got to have something to do with it. Yeah. Density. But, I, you know, if we think about how this apologetic tone, right, has crept now into our services, guys, talk to me a little bit about the dangers of that. Of If we'll call it the Canadian mindset, can we call it that? Should yeah. we call it that? We'll sure. Call, why not? It's our Whatever show. We want. Yeah. <laughs> Canadian mindset and apologetic tone in our services and how maybe this is actually something that... Um, that can be more harmful than good, even though it's intended for good. Right. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think, sure. <laughs> okay, so if you want to look at this from, from a linguistic standpoint, I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest the Canadian apologetic tone. There's something called a high-rising terminal. I did my research here. Hey, come on, more. come with it, Josh, come on. And it's the tendency for... Um, languages and dialects to end with an upward inflection. And it's almost to suggest that every statement becomes a question. Mm. And it's like you're waiting for the affirmation of somebody else in the conversation to catch the end of it so you can bring it back down. Mm. And I think, so to, to make this make sense, I think this plays into our Canadian apologetic mentality. But it's more than just apologetic. It's actually... A hesitance and a caution. We're waiting to see what the other person's gonna say. We're waiting for the <laughs> Yeah, we're waiting for that validation. And I think it, it translates into our worship, right? Yeah. Where we are waiting for the validation of the group to make sure we're headed in the right direction. Oh, Would we stand? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no stand. If you feel comfortable. We're gonna sing. Wow, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. there's a yeah. lot there, man. Yeah, and I, yeah. I just remember Mark Clark, a pastor out in BC. He, he was uh, in a sermon one day, and he paused, and he he just ranted about the Canadian uptalk or the Canadian mentality, and he said, you know, that just stop complaining and let your pastor do what God has called them to do. Because of this caution, he sees congregations as just in general being a lot more hesitant. You look yeah, culture, you know, well, Canadians are late adopters to all sorts of trends. Yeah. It's right. not because technology reaches Canada last. No, it's just we're a cautious people. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, which is crazy because, and and this is like, I mean, whenever we talk about like the counterculture of the kingdom of God, counterculture, kingdom of God, right? <laughs> whenever we talk about that, we always think of it in a way that's like um, uh, a lighter side of things, mm -hmm. right? A lighter side of society. Like society's got this deep, dark thing and right. the counterculture is the lighter side. But in this, it's almost as though like the lighter side of society, society yeah. and the heaviness is actually the kingdom of God, mm. where he's given us a spirit of boldness, right? He's given us a call on our life. He's given us authority. Mm -hmm. He's positioned us where we need to be, and he asks us to move forward. That's right. And then we hesitate, right? right. And then we pause, mm. and then we wait for affirmation and stuff. Yeah. When, and it must be the most frustrating thing for God to be like, <laughs> yeah. I've given you everything, everything you need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Please move forward, move mm. forward in this. Yeah, anybody else on? I just think that that requires, when we're talking about this comfort, that 
that requires us as leaders to be really, really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And we're so wired as human yep. beings, I mean, psychologically, to fight against. We, I mean, half of our defense mechanisms and yeah. ways of behaving are just to oppose feeling pain of any kind. Yeah. So we're, we're very wired to do that. And that affects our leadership and that affects how we uh, develop others um, under that leadership. Mm -hmm. So to be uncomfortable long enough to ask the questions, okay, well, if I'm bold enough to do this and if I don't get any approval or if I don't get that immediate yeah. affirmation, what does that mean for my identity? What does that mean for my calling? Whatever else you want to talk about, um, yeah. to have to wrestle that out. Because I'm sure when you look at scripture, all the leaders who didn't often get, I mean, you're talking about prophets yeah, <laughs> who got yeah, 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 zero yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. response or yeah. affirmation from the people that they were sent to lead. I yeah. mean, that's a tough, it's <laughs> a yeah. tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. And even like rough responses from the Lord too. <laughs> like, the, you know what I mean? Like the Lord didn't bring them back and comfort them either. Okay. He's like, go tell them what I told you to tell them. Why are you coming back here? You know? Yeah. 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 Man, maybe we can talk just a little bit about good comfort and what 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 biblical comfort actually is. And I think about uh, Psalm 23, and I think about the Lord uh, who leads us and guide us. In Psalm, I think it's 31 verse 3, it says, For your name's sake you will lead and guide me. And then Psalm 23 talks about him leading us by still waters and uh, green pastures and how he restores our soul. And then, Nikki, you were pointing out earlier that you were saying that, like, the rod and the staff, yeah. two very different things. But then the verse after says that they they comfort me. That's a yeah. that's a weird yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like the rod. Talk to us just a little bit about the rod and the staff, and how we should be comforted by them. Oh yeah, I mean the rod's job to you know get those little sheep back in line yeah. when they're not mm -hmm. going the right way, and then the staff being able to bring them back when they're falling off the edge or when they're going into a dangerous place. And I don't know about you, but as someone who I'm very, I've struggled a lot with fear of going in the wrong direction. Like I just wanna do the thing that's good. I don't wanna make a misstep. That the staff and the rod of God is actually a huge comfort to me. Yeah. Because then I leave that in his hands and God, I'm gonna continue to move as faithfully as I know how, yeah. right here in this moment with what I know, mm -hmm. with the skills that I have, and I'm going to bank on the fact that if I'm going totally astray, you're going to get me back in line. Mm -hmm. And that's a comfort to me because yeah. I don't have to find my own way back. I don't have to mm -hmm. find my own way back into the Father's arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think about when uh, uh, serving in ministry, similar to what you're saying in terms of being a dumb sheep in, in ministry. <laughs> In the sense that, like, yes. What you call it, sheeple? <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> oh. oh, man. That term just kills me. Oh, man. We got to use that more often. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's going to be a sheeple. Term. Somebody's been on Reddit too much. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think of, of the ways in which, um, you know, my wife and I have kind of operated in this in the way that like if the door is open we're going to walk through it and if the door closes that's just the, you know what I mean like and so we're going to stay connected to the Lord through prayer and through waiting on him but then opportunities are going to come and and 
my disposition to an opportunity is like, is it, am I free on my calendar? Am I, you know, all these kinds of things. And then, and then I'm like, and, and then if the Lord closes the door on something that, you know, that I just, I like to be a people who rely so heavily and so dependent, you really do find that like the weirdness of the rod and the staff being comforting, it really does become a comfort. It becomes like the bumpers on a bowling alley where it's like, you can't miss. You just roll the ball down the down the lane, and the Lord is going to be the one that just brings it into line, and He's going to lead you exactly where you need to go. Yeah. Now, I only hit one pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll true. get down true. there. True. It's not always a, it's <laughs> not always a strike. <laughs> Let's be clear. It's not true. always a strike. First hand experience on that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, there is there is uh, so leaders. I mean, be comforted, right? Mm-hmm. Like, be comforted in knowing that. Um, well, well, first. First, let's think about the, the negative comfort that has crept into our our services and how we can ward against it, yeah. how we've been given boldness, how we've been given everything mm-hmm. to lead and to make moves in the direction that the Lord has called us to, which takes us knowing the direction that the Lord has called us to, which takes us seeking out the Lord, um, but then moving and moving our, our congregations beyond comfort. But then also know that like, that there is, that as we try and escape worldly comfort, we can now step into biblical or kingdom comfort, in which case the Lord is there leading us and guiding us, mm-hmm. chasing us, yeah. picking us up, correcting us, and leading us into green pastures and beside still waters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Anything more? I mean... Oh, okay, great. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all so much for watching the Worship Project podcast. We're going to stay in conversation with you. We would love to hear from you in our comments section. Or if you want to connect with us on social media, Instagram or Facebook, um, we would love to connect with you there. Uh, please let us know if there's anything that you would like to talk about and take up uh, in conversation with us. And so uh, we've enjoyed this conversation. We enjoy our time together. We hope that you enjoy it too. And so we'll see you all in the next one. God bless you.